Well, it is a, a joy to uh, be with you all on this uh, beautiful autumn day, as uh, Brian shared, and uh, we're going to be uh, looking together, uh, taking a break, I guess, from uh, Dr. Thomas's series uh, from Ecclesiastes, looking at the wisdom of Solomon. We'll be looking at the wisdom of his his dad uh, today, uh, King David from Psalm uh, 57. So let's uh, let's turn there together and let me uh, read God's word for us. This is the word of the Lord. Be merciful to me, O God. Be merciful to me, for in you my soul takes refuge. In the shadow of your wings I will take refuge till the storms of destruction pass by. I cry out to God most high, to God who fulfills his purpose for me. He will send from heaven and save me. He will put to shame him who tramples on me. God will send out his steadfast love and his faithfulness. My soul is in the midst of lions. I lie down amid fiery beasts. The children of man whose teeth are, spe- are spears and arrows, whose tongues are sharp swords. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth. They set a net for my steps. My soul was bowed down. They dug a pit in my way, but they have fallen into it themselves. My heart is steadfast, O God. My heart is steadfast. I will sing and make melody. Awake, my glory. Awake, O harp and lyre. I will awake the dawn. I will give thanks to you, O Lord, among the peoples. I will sing praise to you among the nations, for your steadfast love is great to the heavens, your faithfulness to the clouds. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth. Well, this is the word of our God. Thanks be to God for his holy and inerrant word. Well, at one time, I'm sure in in all of our lives, uh, we've played a a good game of of hide-and-seek, Right, uh, it's a game, of course, that I uh, have played with my own children. Uh, they don't do it as much now as they did when they were a little younger, uh, but uh, certainly uh, one that uh, I think every parent enjoys doing with their children. Uh, growing up in 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 the Sierra Nevada mountains, uh, we played hide and seek, and of course, it growing up in the mountains provided a, a plethora of places uh, to hide. Some. Uh, which maybe my parents wouldn't be glad to know about now. Um, but uh, nevertheless, uh, I remember one game of hide-and-seek, and this wasn't actually in the mountains. This was uh, in our own driveway. Uh, a friend of mine and I were, were playing, uh, actually trying to hide from my dog. Um, and uh, I don't know if you've ever tried to hide from a dog. It's not real easy. Right? They smell things and they can find you. And when you're a little boy, it's easy to find those smells. But anyway, um, so my friend and I are trying to figure out, okay, how are we going to hide from this dog? So we had the bright idea of hiding in the trunk of my parents' car. The trunk, of course, was unlocked, so we were able to open it. And we jumped inside safe and sound uh, from the dog. Well, we waited there a little while thinking it would be no problem to just open the trunk back up and and come back out. We waited until we thought the dog uh, was gone and tried to open the trunk. And I'm not sure if you've ever tried to open a trunk from the inside, but it's not easy. In this car, it wasn't even possible. 
And so we sat there calmly, at least at first, calling for our parents to come and and get us out. Of course, they were inside talking, not uh, thinking anything of it, thinking we were just having fun playing. Uh, But then finally panic set in, and my friend and I decided to kick out the back. It was a hatchback, and so we kicked out the back window uh, and... Uh, got our way out. Needless to say, I did not make my parents happy, nor did I ever hide in a trunk of a car again. I tell you that story because the moral of the story, among other things, is to be careful where you hide. Be careful where you seek safety uh, from danger, or maybe it's just to not hide in the trunks of cars uh, but this, this passage that we're looking at today, Psalm 57, is a, is a passage about refuge and shelter. Uh, you'll notice in the subtitle, if you have your Bibles uh, to this psalm, it, it describes it as a, a mictum of David. Uh, we're not entirely sure what, what that is, whether it's a silent prayer, a psalm of, of covering, a golden psalm, as some have suggested. Uh, But we do know that it is a beautiful expression of faith in God in the midst of difficult circumstances. Uh, The description of the psalm that's that's given uh, there at the the beginning uh, tells us those circumstances that David uh, was writing uh, this psalm. It tells us that he was writing this when he fled from Saul in the cave. Now, again, there's, you know, scholars discuss whether he's, this is the, the cave of Adullam in 1 Samuel 22 or the cave of En Gedi in 1 Samuel 24. Um, I don't know if it, it really matters, but uh, more than likely it's probably Psalm, or 1 Samuel 22. Um, but this is also, uh, interestingly enough, the second psalm that David penned while he was in that cave. The first psalm is is Psalm 142. And, uh, you know, they're separated in terms of canon, but in terms of history, they happened one after the other. Uh, Now, in the sequence of the canon here in, in the Psalms, it comes after Psalm 56. And in Psalm 56, David is is wrestling with his fears in uh, the circumstances that we read about in 1 Samuel 21, which is where he was in, uh, in Gad hiding from, or in Gath hiding from, or pretending to be insane in order to escape the danger that he was facing. And so here in Psalm 57, we see David once again in a difficult, dangerous circumstance, hiding from Saul. But what we see in Psalm 57, I think we'll see, is that we see a, a really a maturing, developing, growing David, an expression of faith in very real and difficult circumstances. And so we're going to look at this psalm in two parts. Number one, we're going to see a positive pleading for God's protection, and two, a persevering proclamation 
of praise. I'm Presbyterian, so I had to come up with an alliteration since I didn't have three points. Um, But first of all, a positive pleading for God's protection. And here uh, we're using the word positive, not in the sense of, you know, just being optimistic or, or thinking, you know, wishfully, but in the sense of, positive in the sense of a confident assurance that is not founded on ourselves, not founded in David's case on on himself, nor anything or anyone else, but the one to whom he was pleading. It's an important lesson that, that David had learned and which he described really in the psalm prior to this, in Psalm 56, in which he pretended to be insane in order to escape the, the danger that he was facing in Gath. And so now in this psalm, we, we see that this is something that, that David has really grown in. He is trusting in God. He uh, has a, a faith that is founded upon God's truth and, and God's promises, right? Not in himself, not in the, the things of the world. And so this, this growing faith is expressed here uh, in Psalm 57. And remember uh, the circumstances in which David is pouring out his heart to God in the sequence of, of biblical history only happened probably one chapter later uh, in the book of 1 Samuel. Remember, right, these Psalms are written in real history, right? Real events that were taking place. And this particular psalm comes in probably the circumstances described in 1 Samuel 22, verse 1, coming right after the events in Gath. And we read, David departed from there and escaped to the cave of Agilom. Now, likely, David was in this cave for a few months, right? We don't often think about the fact of how long David was actually hiding from Saul in the cave. Um, This psalm, Psalm 57, comes after Psalm 142, or it's the second one that he wrote uh, in the cave, uh, the first one being Psalm 142. And just to, to give you a quick summary in Psalm 142, David is in great distress. He, he feels like he's all alone. He has no one to help him. And, and he, he wrestles through that to remind himself, to, to be reminded that, that God is with him even in his isolation and loneliness. And as I said earlier, when we come to Psalm 57, we see again this, this growth in David, this growth in faith and trust in God. But notice, he is crying out to God. He is still crying out to God. Though it is a maturing, a, a developing faith and trust that he has He knows his need to cry out to the one who can deliver him in any circumstance, right? He he hadn't grown in his faith to such a point that he now sees himself as self-sufficient and no longer needing to, to cry out to the Lord. No, rather, quite the opposite is true, and 
Is that not also true for you and me? That as we grow in our understanding and our relationship with the Lord, we don't come to a point where we no longer need him. We grow in our understanding to know that we are more and more dependent upon him. We grow to learn how much we need to cry out to him even more, right? Be merciful to me, O God, be merciful to me for in you and in you alone, David says, my soul takes refuge. You see, we can't ever think that we've moved beyond calling out to God for mercy. We must always be reminded that we are in desperate need of his grace, that we are sinners in need of God's mercy day by day. And David is, I think we see, recognizing that here in this psalm. But notice also how he identifies God in these verses as he's calling out to him. Beginning in the second part of verse one, he says, in the shadow of your wings, I will take refuge till the storms of destruction pass by. Uh, That description, the shadow of your wings, is descriptive of a mother hen protecting her little ones uh, from danger. The Reformation Study Bible points that out. And it's this imagery that communicates the nurture and care of God for his people. And I like how Richard Phillips portrays this description in his, his commentary. He says, David's imagery of sheltering wings is an instructive one. Not only are the chicks kept safe, but they are comforted by being permitted to see only the reassuring presence of their mother. God calls us likewise to take shelter in him, turning our minds away from the dangers and troubles and onto his glorious attributes that assure salvation of those who trust in him. Those are good words for us to to hear that it's not to say that we completely ignore the dangers and troubles around us, but notice that David acknowledges, I mean, notice that David acknowledges the threat that he's facing from Saul, right? He he describes it in verse one as storms of destruction or verse three, him who tramples on me. And he compares Saul and others who are against David as lions and, and fiery beasts. In other words, he's well aware of the danger that is set against him, but as a a little chick that is sheltered under the wings of its mother, he is so overwhelmed and enveloped by the presence of his, the protective care and love of God that all of the outside noise seems distant, far away at least significantly less in light of the nurturing care and protection of God, right? The the message is that the danger is real, but God is greater still. 
You know, this, interest, this imagery of, uh, of a mother hen protecting its chicks, you know, reminds me, as, as, a, as a father, we have the unique experience, right, when our children get hurt or scared, and they come running, and they come running right past me to go to their mother, right? Because they know mom is where that care and protection is, that security uh, that they feel. And that's what David is, is pointing us to, that we look to God as the one who gives us confidence and assurance. Why? Because of who he is. But this God to whom we cry out, or to whom David cried out, is the same God that we cry out to as well. That this is the place we need to be to understand who God is, right? And to, to be so overwhelmed by the glory of who he is, so comforted by the reality of his presence that all those outside noises will become distant in comparison to him. You know, whether it is trouble in the Middle East or Eastern Europe, Ukraine, or maybe even in our own backyard, in our families, in our workplaces, or just those internal struggles that we deal with each day, the message is that the the, the greatness of God will make these things seem minor in comparison, distant in comparison to him. The message is to be turned away from the things of this world and turned to the things of God, to God himself. And David not only cries out because of who God is, but he also proclaims the, the confidence in knowing that God will act, right? That God is not just high and, and lifted up, but he is a good and, and a present God who acts according to his steadfast love. He says in verse two, I cry, out, I cry out to God who fulfills his purpose for me. He will send from heaven and save. He will put to shame him who tramples on me. God will send out his steadfast love and faithfulness that God will always act according to his character. He will always act in accordance with his covenant love. He is ever faithful. He never forgets his own. He acts according to his plan and purpose without fail. And we should take great comfort in, in knowing who God is and how he acts, that this is the God to whom we belong, to whom we cry out. And that brings me to the, our second point, a persevering proclamation of, of praise. In verse five, we see the, the main thrust of David's proclamation in this psalm, which he repeats in verse 11, be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth. And again, this is expressing an important truth that David had realized, which we 
must realize as well. And when we do, we can know or at least grow in, in knowing the, that, that comfort and, and confidence that David expresses in these verses. And, and that truth is that it's, it's ultimately everything about the glory and exaltation of God, isn't it? It's that important truth that we need to be continually reminded of that there is a greater story that is being played out in history and greater, that is greater than our own. It is that grand redemptive story of the eternal plan and, and purpose of God by which he is exalting himself and displaying his glory throughout all the earth. Yes, God cares about our circumstances. He cares about the, deeply about the difficulties and, and troubles in our lives. He, he does care about our story. But ultimately, it is all part of that much grander story about the glory of God and the proclamation of his gospel in all the earth. And as we go through this psalm, it's almost as though the the psalmist is reminded of this bigger picture as he is crying out to God. And and, and he's he's driven in verses 5 and then again in in verse 11 to to make this, this proclamation of praise. Right, we see in verses six and following how he expresses the, the comfort and confidence that comes from this, this realization, this, this God-centered perspective as he pours out his heart in praise to God. For example, in verse seven, we see that even though his enemies had set a trap for him, and this greatly discouraged him, right? He says his soul was bowed down, the text says. He, he was still able to praise God because he knew that God was greater than any schemes or plans that any enemy could come up with. That God's will would be done. God's glory would be displayed And because of who God is and what God is doing, his heart was steadfast, right? As verse 8 says, settled, as one commentator put it, right? Despite his circumstances, he was able to, to see beyond through the eyes of faith, see beyond his own circumstances to the grander, the, the greater purpose of God, And we see David's heart really explode into praise for God in verses 7 and 8, for example. And, and remember where he is, right? He's, he's still hiding in a cave from Saul, knowing that Saul was looking for him, seeking to come and do him great harm. But in the midst of that, he still cried out in praise an exaltation to God. You see, this is a heart that is settled upon the goodness and the faithfulness of God that knows that regardless of how things might appear in the here and now, in our current circumstances, how 
regardless of how discouraged we might have grown, there is something greater that is happening. Someone who is greater still, the Lord God Almighty and his redemptive plan and purpose being worked out in our lives and in history. And of course, David knew because he believed the promises of God, because he knew the steadfast love and faithfulness of God, that he was, he was part of that story and he could give thanks and, and praise to God. He could glorify and enjoy God in the midst of all this. As he did here in verses 9 and 10, he says, I will give thanks to you, O Lord, among the peoples. I will sing praises to you among the nations, for your steadfast love is great to the heavens, your faithfulness to the clouds. And here we see that outward-facing response of David, that understanding that God's purpose, God's plan was not only for him, it was it is not only for you and me, but it is for the nations. God's story, God's plan and purpose is ultimately about gathering a people for himself from every tribe and tongue to be worshipers of him forevermore. And so here David is expressing that important truth that he could had come to understand that it is not just about him. It is not just about his circumstances. It is about God and his plan and purpose. It's about God displaying his glory among the nations to gather his image bearers from every tribe and tongue to worship him forever. And what we see in this psalm is that when we understand that big picture, that grand plan that God is doing, we, and we see our own place in that story by the grace of God that he has worked in our lives, when we view things through the lens of God's redemptive plan and purpose, and we invest ourselves in it, seeking to be engaged in that mission that God has, has given us, God's mission of reaching the nations with the gospel, our own troubles don't seem that big after all. Yes, they are real, but when we understand what God is doing, we understand we're part of something far greater than ourselves, don't we? Our hearts are settled as we hide ourselves in the steadfast love of God. And so, dear friends, as we close this morning or this afternoon, let us ask ourselves, have we found that resting place? Is our heart settled in the glorious grace of God? Or do we find ourselves overwhelmed and controlled by the circumstances of our lives. Well, the good news is that there is one who fell willingly into the trap of his enemies, who was trampled upon by men whose enemies 
inflicted unspeakable harm to him who, who truly laid down among the fiery beasts, even unto death, the Lord Jesus Christ, who endured the pain of sin and death, who was truly rejected by the world according to the eternal plan and purpose of God, as God expressed his steadfast love and faithfulness to his people through Christ to display his glory over all the earth so that people from every tribe and tongue might be able to come and to give thanks and sing praise to him, people like you and me. So let us continue to find our place, our shelter in Christ, that we might be part of that great plan, that great story that God is working out in history and in our lives to declare his glory in all the earth among every tribe and tongue and people until he comes again. Let's pray together. Our gracious God and Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, that you are greater than all our circumstances. Lord, that though we may look around us at the world and feel that it is but chaos all around us, that in the midst of the storm we can find our, our shelter in you and we can have full confidence and assurance, Lord, that, that none of this is out of your control, that you are working all things according to your good plan and purpose, Lord, to make your glory known in all the earth, and you call us to yourself to be a part of that glorious mission. Help us, Lord, to find our rest in you and send us out that we may call others to find rest in the only one who can truly give us rest, the Lord Jesus Christ, who has saved us and given us hope forevermore. We thank you. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.